Good morning, Grace Church. It is wonderful to see you today, and we are so glad that you're here. I just want to let you know a few things before we get into our message this morning. Uh, one of those is that we would love for you to stay up to date with us as far as what's happening with our gatherings or any other events or, or groups that we have, and you can do that via our Facebook page, our Instagram, as well as we will be sending emails as well. So if you are not connected with us online in any way, now is the time. Make sure you follow us there, and if you are not receiving our emails, please go on gracechurch.life and click on Contact Us and update your information with us. Make sure we have your correct email so that we can keep you in the loop and we can communicate to you up-to-date information as far as what will be happening over the next few weeks. We are looking to our local authorities as far as when we are making our decisions as far as gathering or being together or whatever. We want to honor them. We want to honor our officials and what they're asking us to do. And so just stay up-to-date with us on the social media and email as well, just to, for updates, all right? So just want to make sure you all know that. And also, I want to let you know that Space Coast City Fest has reached out to us as well to let us know that the event is not canceled, but it is postponed. And so we've been pushing that a lot here at Grace Church. We were super excited about it. It was going to be an incredible evangelistic opportunity in our community. And so we're very glad and very pleased to hear that it's not going to be canceled, but it will be postponed. And right now they're saying they'll be doing it in 2021. So uh, it took a lot of effort, a lot of planning, as you can imagine, for such a huge event. And so they're just postponing, and they'll be getting everything lined up for us again for 2021. So look for that, and um, that'll be coming up. So, But we have been in a series called Stories. We've been sharing about some of the stories of Jesus throughout Scripture leading up to Easter. It's just so wonderful for us to look back and see how Jesus interacted with those on the earth and the things that he taught while he was on the earth. There's so much significance to it. And so it's great for us to just look back at some of those stories and how they still apply to our lives today. And so I think this one is going to be really relevant to all of us, especially in the time that we are right now. And so we're so excited to, to dive into this. Would you just join me uh, and just pray with me for just a moment? Lord, we love you. We praise you and we worship you. We thank you so much for this day, God, uh, for this opportunity to be together as a church family and, and just to unite together in this challenging time, God. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather together as believers, as Christians who are seeking your face, God, um, and turn to you in, in these times, Father. I know um, that this has been declared a day of prayer as well, God, and so we do take time right now, and we seek you. We seek your face, and we just cry out to you in this time, God, uh, for your leading, for your guidance, God, for your healing to come through um, our, our nation and our world, God, those that, that are sick, those that are struggling physically, God. We just pray for your healing power to come and touch those, God. For those of us um, that, God, are sick or are maybe immune compromised and we're worried and we have family members like that, God, we just pray for your protection over those as well, God. I just pray um, that you would move and we would see you each day, God, in, in a new way. And so, God, we just cry out to you today. Um, 
as, as our president has asked, and we seek your face, and we just ask for you to move in this situation, God. We lift up those that are leading us, that are in charge, God, that, that you would help them to make the proper decisions, God, that will help everyone through this, Lord. We just pray for your direction, God, in everything, in every decision, God, um, from our national authorities to our local authorities, God. We lift them up. We lift up those that are on the front lines right now in this in this issue, God, those um, that are working in the hospitals and just around our nation and around the world, God. We just lift them up, God. They're working tirelessly on the front lines uh, to help with this situation. And so, God, we just ask that you bless them, that you watch over them, that you keep them safe as well, Father. Um, and we just pray, God, that that we would come through this stronger than we are right now, God. We just pray that this would be a situation that would make us stronger, that, that would unite us together, God. I just pray that we would reach out to those around us, that we would support each other, that we would love each other as you've called us to, God. And so, God, we just pray that even through this, that you would use us mightily to, to show your love to those around us. And, God, I just pray that you would bless this message, that we would hear what we need to hear today, God, that you would speak to our hearts and reveal yourself to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in this series about stories, and so we're talking about foundations today, uh, foundations of building a house. And one of the, the things that I love so much about the, the role that I'm in as a pastor of this church and getting to know our whole church family, uh, one of the things that I love is I love watching the young people at Grace Church, um, when when they're they're getting to those stages of life where they're getting ready to be married, and watching them go through that process, and then after that, buying their first homes and having their first children, and going through all those big phases of life. I know since I'm a little farther along on the journey, I just love watching young people walk through that and experience that in their life. It's just uh, such a joy to me. I find so much joy in it. And, and so I love watching, especially the young people here that are part of our church family. It just brings so much joy to me. And so that's one of my favorite things. And especially, you know, we've seen a number of those young families recently buy their first homes. And sometimes they have to do some work to them, right? They have to fix them up a little bit. Because I don't know about you, but the first home that I moved into was not move-in ready. It was a fixer-upper. And so I don't <laughs> I know some of you young people, when you're buying your first home, you're having to fix it up. You're having to invest in it and work on it over time to get it to where you want it to be. But I know Pastor Aaron and I, we've done both things, you know, on both ends of the spectrum. We've had to do fixer-uppers, and then we've also moved into homes that were move-in ready. And so, but way back when we had to do a fixer-upper, there wasn't shows on HGTV like Fixer Upper and Property Brothers or Love It or List It, right? We, we didn't have those shows way back when Pastor Aaron and I had to fix our house up. So we were kind of just going at it blindly. We were just trying to figure it out on our own. And so it's, it's a little bit crazy, but I've really enjoyed watching some of those shows now. And it's funny because... Um, it's, it's great because you can see the transformation of the house in a very short period of time, which isn't actually normal, right? Normally it takes a long time to fix a house up, but 
in the matter of this show, you get to see this house go from just being awful to just this incredible, you know, transformation, right? And so sometimes when I, when I watch the show and I see the house that, that this couple is thinking of buying, I'm like, oh, that is nasty. I would never buy that house. That is terrible. How could they live in that, you know? So I find myself thinking that, right? And then by the end of the show, I'm saying to myself, I want that house. I want to move in there. That's amazing. I love it. And so I don't know, maybe you've experienced the same thing, but watching it from start to finish and you go from never thinking you would ever live there to, I want to move in. So this incredible transformation happens. Um, and even sometimes on those shows, I don't know if you've noticed, they start fixing the house up, right? They start like tearing the old stuff out and getting ready to put the new things in. And inevitably they find something, right? Something major. And so they, here they are on the show and they're like, oh, these pipes are too old. We've got to replace them and it's going to be another $3,000 or, oh, your HVAC is, you know, not working right. And so inevitably they come across some major thing, right? And it's interesting to see how they handle those things. Well, when Pastor Aaron and I, we, re, we redid the floors in our previous home, and I remember we went through that process. They ripped up all the old flooring, and so we kind of had this time frame we were hoping to be done in, right? Well, they ripped up all the old flooring, and then, of course, they come to us, and they're like, listen. And it's like, what's wrong? You know, and, and they're like, there's some cracks, you know, that we have to deal with before we can put the new foundation or the new flooring down. There's some cracks. And so we've got to work on that. We've got to fill them in. We've got to seal it. And it's going to take a few extra days and a little extra money, right? I mean, I don't know if that's ever happened to you fixing up your home, but we've experienced that. And so there was some cracks that had to be dealt with, right? And so when you look at a house, it may look amazing on the outside, right? It may look incredible. But when you get in and you start investigating and looking around in the house, sometimes there's some issues. Sometimes there's an issue with the flooring or the windows or the walls. And so some of those superficial issues can get fixed pretty easily, right? But... If the issue is with the foundation of the house, that's a major problem. That is going to cause issues with every area of the house. A bad foundation is going to start causing issues in every area of the house. And so we need to have a solid foundation. We need to have a solid foundation. And so... If you look around at our, at our culture, at society, at our communities, sometimes we will find some cracks coming up in some of those areas. I would say that we have seen that just over the past couple of decades. We've seen cracks appearing in some things around us in our culture and our society, and some things have, have brought tension between races and tension in marriages and education and politics. And I would say that we've seen cracks coming to the surface in just some of our basic morality as people. 
And so when there's cracks in the foundations, it's going to cause a bigger problem. It's going to cause a bigger problem. And we can do all that we can to fix those cracks, but eventually they're going to reappear if we don't deal with the problem. And we need a solid foundation. And so today, we're talking about that. We're talking about foundations and what does that look like. And, and Jesus shares an incredible story with us out of the book of Matthew, where he shares this story about these two men who built a house. They both built a house. And so he shares this story with us about what this looks like. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against the house. It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike any other teachers of religious law. And so we can see in this passage that this is a story for every single one of us. It's for all of us. It says right there in Scripture, to anyone who hears this, to anyone who hears. And so that includes every single one of us. And so this was a story that Jesus wants every single one of us to apply to our life. And so we look at this passage and we also see that, that there are two builders in this passage. There are two builders. And so these two builders have some similarities, and then they also have some differences. So we're going to take a look at that today. What does that look like, and what is Jesus trying to teach us from this story? The first similarity that we see between these builders is that they both had a dream. They both had a dream to build a house. They wanted to build their own house. And so that may have been you at some point in your life. Again, if you think back many years when you first got married and maybe you lived in an apartment and you were saving up your money so that you could eventually buy a house. I know Pastor Aaron and I were at that place in our life as well. Maybe you've just ventured out to buy a house recently. So this is very fresh for you. You understand this. But I know uh, Pastor Aaron and I, when we got to build our very first house, it was actually up in Jacksonville, Florida, and we had been married for six years, and we had one kid, and we had another kid on the way, um, and I remember there was just so much anticipation and excitement that we had about this, and I actually have some pictures to share with you today of the process that we went through building our own home, and um, this was our first home together, our first house that we had bought together and, and the first home that we ever had built. And so it was so fun to, to see this dream actually become a reality. When you have a dream for some time and then you finally get to see it become reality, it's just so exciting and it's so great. But to be honest, we didn't think this dream was going to happen. 
Because when we moved up to Jacksonville, there was this brand new neighborhood being built, and it was incredible. And it was going to have two multi-million dollar water parks and soccer fields and baseball fields and football fields. And it was just one of those incredible master build communities. And so we just didn't think we were going to be able to afford to build in that community. Um, and, and eventually we, we finally got to the place where we said, okay, I think it's possible, but we actually built the smallest house that you could build in that neighborhood. It was the smallest one available. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you go to that model row in new communities and you walk through the model homes, right? We were just like, okay, where's the smallest one? Let's walk in there. <laughs> and then we still couldn't afford that one. They didn't even have a model for the one that we needed to build. So uh, we were just like, where's your smallest house? That's what we need. So, but just seeing this dream become a reality. It was so exciting. And so we did. We built that the smallest house that we could afford. It was about 1,300 square feet. Um, but to us, it was a dream coming true. And so in Scripture, we see that these two builders had that dream. They had a dream to build a house. And so God is telling us that we need to have a dream. It's so important for us to dream and, and to have that dream and to have a vision for our future and for our life. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it tells us, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And so God has called us to dream he wants us to have a vision. He wants us to have goals. He wants us to have a purpose in life. I honestly think that one of the most dangerous places we can be is without a dream and without a vision. I think that's one of the most dangerous places that we can be because without a dream, without a vision, and without the, a purpose, we end up going wherever the wind blows us. And we end up getting off course. And so that's when our foundation begins to shift. And so it is crucial for each and every one of us to have a dream and to have that vision. And so I ask you this morning, what is your dream? What is your vision? And if you can't answer those questions, you need to pray and ask God for a dream and for a vision because he's the one that knows your future. He's the one that has his plans for you. And so he's the one that we have to seek for that. He's the one that has a plan and a vision for our life. And so if you don't have one, he is the exact person that you need to be going to to receive that. So if you don't know what your dream and your vision is, ask God. He'll give it to you. I know me personally, I am a dreamer. I just am. It's just a part of who I am. It comes naturally in me, but I am a dreamer, and I'm constantly dreaming about things and coming up with big ideas. 
and I get really excited, and I think it's amazing, right? It excites me. It just gives me so much purpose and, and direction, and so, so I dream. I dream a lot, and I plan, and I just come up with things, and uh, sometimes I have to keep a, a notepad by my bed because sometimes I get woken up with an incredible vision or a dream, and I'm just like, I have to remember that, and I don't want to forget, so I have to write it down because um, I believe a lot of them are, are from God. And so I just love having, having this dream come and, and just get excited about it. And uh, one thing is that it has caused quite a bit of tension between my husband and I because I love to dream. And so I come up with these big dreams and these big plans and it kind of freaks him out a little bit. And he starts looking at dollar signs. And, and because normally my dreams and, and my plans that I'm coming up with are expensive, all right? It's going to take money to do it, right? And so he's sitting there listening to this dream going, oh my gosh, this is going to be so expensive. I don't know that we can do this. This is crazy. Like, and so it's caused quite a few arguments and disagreements over the years, but he's come to learn to just listen and understand that it's just me sharing a dream. It doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. It doesn't mean we're actually going to do it but I just love to dream. And so it's just amazing. It, it, it's such an exciting thing. And I, I've also had a number of times in my life where God has actually given me a dream in the night, a, a spiritual dream. I, I, that One of those dreams that when you wake up in the morning, you just know that was from God. That was significant. He was trying to tell me something through that dream. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I have multiple times in my life, and, and it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible to have God just reveal things to you in a dream like that. And one of those times uh, was before we actually moved to Jacksonville. God was actually giving me a dream of us moving to Jacksonville to help plant this church there, and he was giving me the visuals of, of what it was going to look like and where we were going to be, and it was just absolutely incredible. I woke up, and I just knew, I, I just knew, I was like, that was from God. There was purpose in that. That was direction from God, and so it was just incredible to experience that, and, and then seeing us move to Jacksonville to help plant this church and just to see that dream come to fulfillment was just incredible. And so if you've never received that from God, you can pray and you can ask for that because he wants us to dream. He wants us to, to have a plan and a vision for our future. And he wants to be a part of that. When you look at this scripture and you look at the significance of building a house, it's very significant in scripture the, just the word house itself carries a number of significant meanings from Scripture. And so just to share a few of those with you this morning, too, because uh, there's just so much significance in this passage. But that word house in Scripture, one of the meanings of that is actually life. And so um, it's actually referring to us and our life. And I know also in Scripture, it talks about how our body is a temple, and that God wants to dwell in us. 
And so we are a house for God, basically. And, and in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it explains that that happens through the Holy Spirit. And so God gets to actually dwell in us through the Holy Spirit. And so our life is significant as a house. We are a house for God to dwell in. And so each one of us is called to accomplish something with our life. And so that's why he wants us to have a purpose and have a legacy. And he wants to be a part of that. Um, another significant meaning to house in scripture is family. And so in scripture, uh, a man's family was referred to as the house of, for example, the house of Jacob or the house of David. That was a reference that we see in scripture a lot. So the ma a man's whole entire family was considered a house. And so there's a lot of significance to that. And so as you are building your family as well, you are building your house. That's how it works. There's a lot of significance to that. Another meaning of house in scripture is a church or a ministry. And so we see this in scripture as well. The temple was referred to as the house of the Lord. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Let us go to the temple. Let's gather together and worship him. And so the temple is referred to as the house of God. And so you are a part of this church, and we are a house of God as a church, as a ministry. We are a house. And so you may have heard us refer to Grace Church like that before, as a house, and that is why it's scriptural. It's very significant, the meaning. And so you are a, par a part of this house. So that's significant in scripture. And then another meaning of house is a society. So basically a large gathering of people, a large society of people is also a house. You see in scripture it says the house of Israel. So that's like a whole entire society referred to as a house together. And so we are a part of society. And so we are a part of a house in that regard as well. And so looking at this, this looking at this, the significance of house, the significance of building this house, and, and the fact that we are a part of this, it should directly affect us and then also directly affect our culture. And so how we're building our house matters. How we're building, how, how we're setting our foundation to be solid and, and to be firm on God and his word matters because how we're building our house matters. It affects everyone around us. It affects our family. It affects our society. It affects the world, all of it. And so it matters. It's so significant. And right now, we have an incredible opportunity to bless those around us. To make sure that we are showing love and sharing with those around us and blessing them and taking care of those around us. Because being a part of God's house is God's plan to impact our community and the world around us. That is his plan. And so we should desire to shape the spiritual foundation of ourselves, our families, our church, and our society. And so this is huge. The way we're building our foundation affects everything. 
And so we've got to start with a dream. And that dream should be from God. And we want that dream to be, to be implemented through us, but from God. And so when we build on the proper foundation, it can impact everything around us. And so what is your dream? Both of those builders had a dream. Another similarity is that both of them were followers of Jesus. They both were there listening to the teachings of Jesus. They both heard from him. They, they maybe even went to the same church together. And they both had godly influence in their life. And so we can see that in this scripture. The, the similarities that come up between these two builders is that they're both being dreamers, both being builders, and that they most likely even built their houses in the same neighborhood. They may have even been neighbors because in scripture, we can see that the, the storm came and the storm hit both of the houses. And so they experienced the same storm. We can see that in scripture. So they, they may have even been in the same neighborhood. And when it talks about this storm coming and this storm hitting their houses, in scripture, a storm is actually used as a reference for adverse set of circumstances. A storm in scripture is meaning an adverse set of circumstances, facing a very challenging situation. And so... If I were to ask you this morning, do you feel like you may be in the midst of a storm? I'm pretty sure every single one of us would raise our hand today. We are being hit by a storm. And so this is very, very relevant to us today. We are all experiencing the effects of this storm that is hitting us. And so when we look at these two builders, what was the difference between them? We've seen a lot of similarity, right? We've seen a lot of similarity, but what was the difference? Well, the difference that is stated in this scripture is that one was wise and one was foolish. That's the difference. That is the difference we see because in this scripture, we can see that a wise man can have a dream and a foolish man can have a dream. A wise man can go to church and a foolish man can go to church. A wise man can get impacted by a storm just as much as a foolish man can get impacted by a storm. So what's the difference? One built on sand, one built on the rock. They faced the same exact storm, but the outcome was incredibly different for each of them. And so I would say the decisions that they made during the process of building their house was very different. And so what does that look like? If we, if we want to follow after the wise man in this passage, if we want to follow his example and build the way that he built because he withstood the storm, right? He withstood the storm. So if I'm going to build and look at the two builders in this passage, I'm going to follow that one, right? I'm going to follow the wise man because he withstood the storm. 
And so what did he do to withstand the storm? Well, the first thing was that he builds a deep foundation. He builds a deep foundation. One of these builders was willing to do what it took to build a strong foundation. The other one just put their house up as quick as possible. Didn't do the research, didn't take the time to figure out what was best. They just got the house up. It takes a deep foundation to build a solid house. And so you might, you might have big dreams in your life, and you might have those incredible dreams for your life, for your family. You may even have big dreams for us as a church and our society. But your foundation has to be strong enough for the house that you're dreaming to put on it. Because if your foundation isn't strong enough, you can dream as big as you want, but it's not going to work. Because your foundation determines the size and the stability of your house. If you're just building a a little one-story house, you don't need much of a foundation, right? But if you're planning on building a five-story house or even a skyscraper, man, that foundation has got to be deep and solid. There's a skyscraper in San Francisco called the Millennium Tower. And this, I have some pictures to share with you. So this Millennium Tower, the construction began on this tower in 2005 And the building opened up in 2009. And since it has been built, it has actually sank 18 inches. And it is now leaning 14 inches. Yeah. I know, pretty shocking, right? So apparently, you know, I was was looking this up and did some research on this. And apparently they went somewhere around 60 to 90 feet down into the soil for this foundation on this, on this building. And so apparently that was code. That was what was required of them. And so they did meet code. They did meet their requirements. Um, but apparently some of the other buildings that built around this tower decided to go 200 feet down to bedrock. And so all of those buildings that built around them are totally fine because they chose to go deeper. They chose to get down to the bedrock, to the solid foundation, and anchor their buildings to that. And so I I think that is so interesting and such an incredible picture of this scripture, right? We can can do the bare minimum, right, to get by. We can just do what what we need to, right? And, And we'll be okay. No, God is is asking us to build a solid foundation, to get down and take our time to dig deep down to the solid foundation, down to the bedrock. And so we may have skyscraper aspirations, but you cannot put a skyscraper on a sandcastle foundation. And so we, wanna, we want God to do big things in our lives, and we might be praying for big things, and we might be pursuing that and going after that, but we may not be doing our part. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 19, it says that it is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. So it's great to see dreams come true, right? We all want to see our dreams come true. 
But are we doing our part? In this scripture, the evil that it's talking about is that we're trying to do things our own way. We, we, we want to do it our way, not God's way. You know, we say to ourselves, well, I want to do this, and, and it's fine, so I, I'm just going to do it. It's fine for me. It's not, you know, it's not bad. That evil it's talking about in Scripture is us doing our own way, going our own way, following our own will, and saying, it's okay, this, this is fine. This will do. Right? Maybe we get by doing the bare minimum. That's what the evil is referring to in Scripture. And so what happens when we do that is that we are taking our dreams into our own hands. We're taking our dreams into our own hands instead of allowing God to fulfill those dreams through us. God wants to fulfill the dreams through us. He wants to see our dreams come true, and he wants to fulfill them. But we may just be trying to go our own way and following our own will instead of following God's. Both of these builders had dreams. Both of these builders knew Jesus, and they heard his teachings. One was wise. One was a fool. So which one are you? Which one are you? Another thing that the, we see the wise person do is that they act upon the word of God. They act upon the word of God. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching, say this next phrase with me, and follows it, Let's try that again. Anyone who listens to my teaching, say it, and follows it, is wise. And so the foundation of our faith is not merely based on information only. It's not just having the information, hearing the information. It's not just coming to church and hearing a good message. It's not just listening to a good podcast or listening to some worship music. It's not just the information. It's not just what we're taking in, but it's what we're doing with that. We have to act on it. Because just because we heard a good sermon or we listened to that great podcast does not mean that we've got it all covered. Just because we posted a great story on Facebook of how God used us incredibly does not mean we're all set. Just because we raised our hand in church to respond to the sermon does not mean we're good to go. We actually have to do it. We have to do it. Just because you agree with it doesn't mean it's just going to work in your life. We have to do it. We see in scripture that this wise man, he made the decisions and followed through in his life with what he was taught. So the difference between that wise builder and that foolish builder was the decisions they made and what they did about it. It's the action that we take. And so we actually have to take God's word and apply it 
to our life, to real life situations. We actually have to do what it says, right? This is a great opportunity for us to do that, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love those around us, to serve those around us. What are you going to do in this challenging time to help those around you? This is a great opportunity for us to actually do what God has asked us to do. Because God's word and God's way is the rock. Our way is the sand. And so we can choose to be wise or we can choose to be foolish. And as we see from scripture, the wise man acted upon the teachings that he heard. The third thing that a wise person does is they do not compromise. A wise person does not compromise. And when we think about building a house, we know, we kind of understand, right, that it should be on a good foundation. We kind of get the fact that that's pretty important, right? We know that it, it should be on solid rock. But we also have ideas of our own about how we think it should happen we have our own ideas of how we feel like the house should be built. And, you know, maybe I can just make a few small adjustments to that and it won't hurt it. Maybe I'll just, you know, do this instead of doing that and it'll be okay. We begin to allow compromise to come in. We start letting our friends around us convince us that doing something we shouldn't do is okay. We, try, we start letting those around us influence us into making decisions that are not wise, right? We let culture dictate to us how we should feel about something or what we should do, or maybe we let the media influence our decisions, or, well, we look at people around us and say, well, they're doing that, and it seems just fine, so I guess it'll be just fine for me. So we start to allow this compromise to come in and affect our decisions and what we're doing. And when we do that, what we're actually doing is we are mixing sand in with the rock. We're mixing the sand for our foundation in with the rock. And what that does is it compromises the stability of the rock. It no longer makes the rock a solid foundation. When you mix sand in with it, it doesn't make it a solid foundation. So when we're compromising, we're actually implementing our own ideas in with God's divine ideas. And so God, God isn't interested in building partnerships. God wants full authority in our lives. He doesn't just want halfway commitment. He wants full commitment. Because in Scripture, it tells us that when we compromise, he removes his power. It tells us that in the book of James, in chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. 
Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Wow. According to this scripture, we can't expect God to bless our compromise. We can't expect God to bless us when we are compromising. Because it says in that scripture, when we compromise, our foundation is no longer stable. We've mixed the sand in with the rock and it is no longer stable anymore. So I ask you this morning, are you compromising? Where in your life can you identify the compromise that's happening? Because a wise person does not compromise. You know, it could be, could be some smaller things in life, such as, you know, just cheating on your diet. Maybe you know you need to, to get healthy, and so you've decided you need to eat a certain way to be healthy, and maybe you just allow yourself to cheat on that. Maybe it's skipping workouts. Maybe you've decided that's the best thing for you, and, but you kind of compromise, and, and you say, ah, I don't have to do it. Maybe it's even backing out on a promise that you made. Maybe letting someone else take the blame for something that you did. Maybe, guys, maybe for you it's talking to that new lady at work and actually enjoying it and kind of hoping that she likes you. Or ladies, maybe it's looking up an ex-boyfriend online and just kind of checking to see what's going on in his life and then you end up reaching out to him. Maybe it's, a comp it's compromised integrity on a business decision that you've had to make because it would make you more money. There's a lot of areas in our life that we can end up compromising. And when we do that, God cannot be a part of it. He can't be a part of it. He removes his power from us when we are in the midst of compromise. I don't know about you, but that is not a place that I want to be. I do not want to put myself in a place where God says, I've got I've to remove myself from this. If we're going to have a solid foundation, we cannot live with compromise. Because in that time of compromise, it says in that scripture, we can't expect anything from God. We're completely unstable. And so the storm that you may be facing in life, the storm that you may be experiencing right now may actually just be a result of your compromise. And so this is such a great time to reevaluate that and to make sure that your house is anchored on the word of God. 
We've got to be anchored on the word of God. The word of God has got to be our solid foundation. Because both of these houses in scripture, they both looked really good on the outside. They both looked great. But when they encountered the storms, when the storms hit, the integrity of the, their foundation was tested. And that is what determined how they made it through the storm. And so the wind is going to come. The rain is going to come. The water that's rising all around us, that's going to come. The walls are going to begin to shake. The storm is pressing in. We are all feeling effects of this storm in our country right now. We are all feeling it. And so the storm, it's not, it's not if it's going to come. It's when it's going to come because it's here. And so how are you going to make it through? How is your foundation? Because your foundation is going to determine how you make it through. And so my questions for you this morning is how is your foundation? Do you need to dig deeper? Do you need to take action from what you've heard from God's word? Do you need to resist compromise? Our foundation will determine our future. And so you can choose today to be the wise builder. You can choose that today. And so I know we're getting ready to face a, a time of isolation from those around us and we may not even be able to gather for a period of time as a church. And so this is a crucial time for you to make sure that your foundation is solid. And so what are you doing to make sure that it is? And so if you need to take time over the next month or two months, however long we have to withstand this storm around us, take some time and work on your foundation. Spend time in God's word. If you need to get a soap guide today, grab a soap guide so you can be studying God's word over the next couple of months. Make sure you grab a prayer guide so you can be in, in prayer and, and begin building that solid foundation for you and your family, and then it'll affect your church and your society. This is crucial for us. Take the time and make sure that your foundation is solid. So right now, as we close, I want every person in here to just stand on your feet. I want you to stand on your feet with me. We're actually going to make a declaration to the Lord together in this place today. And so I just, I just want you to raise your hands up towards heaven. Every person in here, just raise your hands up. I, I don't know about you, but we just, we just all need God. This is a time that we should be seeking him like never before. And so we're just going to declare in this place together that we're going to choose to be a wise, wise builder today. And so I want you to just repeat that after me as we pray. Say, God, I choose to be a wise builder today. And so, God, we have declared that as a church, God, as a church family, as, as individuals, God, we're saying today that we choose you, that we want to be on a solid foundation, and that comes from you and you alone, God. We want to make wise decisions, God. We want to implement that in our life, God. We don't just want to hear your word. We don't just want to hear this good sermon, and we just 
do nothing, God, but we want to act upon it. We want to make wise decisions, God. We want to have a solid foundation so that we can continue to grow and develop in you and that we can affect our families, our church, our community, our society, and this world, God. It all begins with you. It all begins with a solid foundation that we start with. And so, God, we choose to invest in making that foundation solid in you, God. And so we seek you today in this place, and we just declare that you are Lord, and we will continue to look to you in every area of our life. And we just declare that in Jesus' name. Amen.